It's time for Vax Talk. Let's talk VPDs. We're shaping the conversation about vaccines. To learn more, visit VaxTalk.org. Hello, and welcome to Vax Talk. This is a podcast for people who don't like nurses who wear masks instead of getting their flu shot. We like nurses. Yes. Basically across the board. Yeah. It's that particular criteria. Yes. <laughs> we don't like. In fact, I love nurses. If I'm ever your patient, like you're my favorite. Yes. My name is Karen Ernst, and I am the executive director of Voices for Vaccines. And I am Nathan Boonstra. I'm a general pediatrician here in at Blank Children's Hospital in Des Moines, Iowa. And we have a special episode today because it's going to be very ranty. Uh, mm. So mm. because... <laughs> you don't think it's going to be ranty? Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's inherently ranty, for sure. And it's going to be like one big long around the web, but the topic is very important. So we thought we would dedicate an entire show to it and invite for the entire show our very good friend, Wunderkind, mom, nurse, uh, amazing person, and founder of Nurses Who Vaccinate, the fabulous Melody Butler. Hello. Welcome, Melody. Oh, wait, I'm bowing. You can't see me, but I'm bowing. <laughs> welcome, welcome. And so, Melody, um, tell us something special and important about yourself. All right. So I am an infection preventionist. And not only do I walk around telling people not to drink at the nursing station, I also make sure everyone is behaving and protecting themselves from not only vaccine preventable diseases, but resistant organisms. I'm making sure that, you know, those OSHA regulations that everyone talks about and kind of poo-poos that they understand why they're in place. Um, mm -hmm. And I do a lot of preventative care because I want to only, not only protect the staff, but I also want to protect our patients. And I go beyond that when I come home to make sure that I am educating nurses uh, via social media, community events, on the importance of vaccines, because that's one of the best ways besides washing hands to protect yourself. Thank you for doing that work. And we brought you here today so that we could talk about a few cases of nurses who, and this is hard to imagine, nurses who are against vaccines. And actually, before we launch into our whole around the web thing, I just want to point out that once upon a time, there was a particular anti-vaccine nurse whose name was the Patriot Nurse. I've been thinking about her lately, too. I was trying to think of the other history, the other cases that we've seen of anti-vaccine nurses, and that one came immediately to mind. And at about the same time, there was a Facebook page called Nurses Who Do Not Vaccinate, <laughs> and then in popped Melody. So Melody, you want to just give us a little bit of your background about how that helped you spring into action as far as creating Nurses Who Vaccinate? Oh, absolutely. So I have a little confession to make. Um, some of you may have known this already, but I used to be um, fairly hesitant about vaccinating my children. So as a mother of four, I was pregnant with my third child and it was the flu season, 2009 going into 10 flu season. And that's when we were first introduced to H1N1. And I came across some really scary information on the, on the internet about how the new immunizations for H1N1 were um, dangerous. They weren't studied. And people who were receiving them were getting very sick. At this point, uh, New York 
where I reside and work in. They decided to make it mandatory that all healthcare workers had to get not only the flu shot, but also the H1N1 flu shot. And at that point, there was two separate shots. I had already gotten the regular flu shot that year. But then the H1N1 came out and I was very hesitant. I was very afraid. I was scared from what I saw. And then they said, if you didn't get the flu shot, you were going to be fired. So um, I was prepared to protect my baby at all costs. You know, if, even if it meant I, you would lose my job, I wasn't going to get it. And I spoke to my nursing educator about my decision. And I said, you know, I know they're going to make us get the flu vaccine, but I'm not going to get it. And I'm, I'm very firm in my belief because here's what I've seen. And she says, hold up. What have you been reading? So I pull up all the web websites and I go through her and she sat with me for, this is a conversation that took place over a couple of shifts too, because you only can imagine how quick our downtime is in the nursing field. Um, she looked, she looked at some of these websites with me and she was able to really pinpoint and explain to me what was wrong with these websites. You know, a lot of these people who were writing these articles had no medical history. There was no credentials to them whatsoever. And if they were a healthcare, quote unquote, healthcare worker, a lot of the times they were not someone who you would normally go to to seek healthcare uh, services from. Um, a lot of them maybe had their medical license, licenses lapse. A lot of them weren't currently up to date with their boards. Um, a lot of them were, there were many websites where I was surprised to find out that ran by chiropractors who were definitely reaching outside their scope and claiming to treat more than what the science says chiropractors can treat. And um, a lot of these articles, some of them were just anonymous and they had no source to where they got their information from. And so when I realized that these people were putting whatever they wanted online and then to find out later on that they could put whatever they want online and they would suffer no retribution. There was there was no way to hold them accountable. So people mm -hmm. basically, eventually I was able to see with more investigation that people would follow their advice, whether or not be about vaccines, the people giving out this medical advice would never be able to hold accountable. So let's say you use the bleach method to cure pink eye um, and you end up going blind and you go back online and say, hey, you know, I, ca I can no longer see. You're not going to be able to uh, do anything about that or, you know, sue for damages or, you know, hold that person responsible. Long story short, I realized I had been, you know, a scammed. I had been, you know, taken for a ride and I was not, I was so angry and upset. So I go with this new information knowing with all this debunking tools, like, hey, this is not correct. Here's what the CDC is saying. Here are the studies. This is, this has been studied. And I go back to these websites to, you know, try to educate them thinking I'm doing a good deed. Um, and one in particular that you mentioned earlier was the nurses who don't vaccinate web uh, Facebook page. <laughs> so I went there right. and I said, oh, hey, guys, just want to let you know a lot of your stuff is out of date. It's not it's invalid. And I'm, I'm going in thinking, you know, I'm doing them a favor. And oh, my goodness, I encountered the wrath of the anti-vaccinators for the first time really, really, really strong. And I was really taken back and surprised. So from there... I initiated a Facebook page called Nurses Who Vaccinate, and it really grew into a, this beautiful community of nurses who are no longer standing on the sidelines and letting um, these inexperienced, misguided, uninformed uh, nurses speak for us. We are the ones who are now taking, taking the lead in this conversation for science. So now we have over 700 members. We are, we are out there on the front lines and very importantly, we are also present on social media, making sure that we are in these very same groups that once 
tricked me, once confused me, making sure we're still getting the information out there and trying to guide nurses and patients and new parents and members of our community to the proper educational forums where they can get evidence-based research to make the best decisions for their children, for themselves, for vaccines. And so it's on social media where this past couple of weeks, some trouble began. And uh, and Nathan's been practicing his rant about this. So Nathan, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to try not to get too ranty because there's so much in it to unpack and talk about. But Usually when I try not to rant, then at some point we start going on 10 minutes of me ranting and where's the time gone? Let's see. <laughs> so the this started with a, a situation where uh, a pediatric ICU nurse from, I believe it was a Texas Children's Hospital or one of the children's hospital in Texas. So I, I, I don't want to get details wrong. So who is a member of this group called uh, Proud Parents of Unvaccinated Children hyphen Texas. And she's, she is a, yeah, a certified ICU nurse, uh, pediatric ICU nurse, and she posts to this group of thousands of anti-vaxxers, basically, where she says, um, so quite a few people know I'm a nurse. Some even know where I work. And for the first time in my career, I saw measles this week. Actually, most of my coworkers and the ER doc saw measles for the first time as well. And honestly, she says, it was rough. This kid was super sick, sick enough to be admitted to the ICU, and he looked miserable. You couldn't touch him without crying, moaning, and pain. And then she goes on to say, she starts to show, so she is, from her own admission, somebody who is against vaccines and says that she will not change her mind. But she starts to show a little bit of insight here. And she says to this group, she says, I think it's easy for us non-vaxxers to make assumptions. Most of us have never seen one of these diseases. She says, by no means have I changed my vax stance and I never will, but I just wanted to share my experience of how much worse it was uh, than I expected. And she kind of goes on to say that she can understand a parent who might want to vaccinate against this disease. So <laughs> she posts this in this group. She posts some other things as well, where she talks about the child's travel history uh, a little bit. She actually says at one point that she thought about, and I don't you know, know how much ingest this is, but you got to take it seriously. She says that she thought about swabbing this kid and bringing the measles home to her kids, her own kids who are presumably not immunized. So she shares all this. And she does at one point say, uh, I'm, I can't post all that many details because I love my job <laughs> and I don't want to do anything that would jeopardize that. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> that ship had kind of sailed because when you post all this stuff, uh, not only is it, you know, not, I mean, this is thousands of people in this group. This stuff is going to get out and cause a PR nightmare for your hospital, number yeah. one. Number two, it's a HIPAA violation. HIPAA violation are the laws that all of us healthcare workers, whether you're a doctor, nurse, or a whole other variety of, of healthcare worker, we can't communicate protected health information, which is basically any piece of information about a patient that can identify or help to identify that patient uh, to anybody else who isn't taking care of that patient. So you can't do what this person did, even though you don't name the name. So a lot of the, I've kind of looked, watched the anti-vaccine pages as they kind of break this down because uh, long story short, 
this got out, she had there was a the hospital did an investigation and she was quickly fired. Right. Um, and that is because not only does no hospital want to be known as the hospital, I think, with the anti-vaccine nurse in the ICU, but also the decision was made very easy by the fact that this is a major HIPAA violation. Even not naming the patient, there's only going to be so many measles cases in Texas. So anybody who knows who this kid might be now has information because of reading this that they might not have had, that they wouldn't have had necessarily. They've gotten, they've, this is information that is supposed to be private for this patient that this, that this person is sharing. So, uh, so there's a lot to un, unpeel there about how many ways this is wrong and uh, the mistakes that, that she made. So that's, that's it. So that was less ranty and more informative than it could have been. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> So. <laughs> you got to tell the whole story. Yeah. So th there's a few things going on with that. And first is her stunning admission that the measles was worse than she thought it was going to be, but she still wouldn't vaccinate. Right. Um, and then the second, I mean, obviously there's all the HIPAA violations, but the, the second is really, you know, here's this really, really sick child. Here I am at work. Is there something I can bring home from work to show my kids I care? How about measles? So, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I mean, prior to being an infection preventionist, I actually worked in pediatrics and I was trained for the PICU. I worked mother baby. I worked the NICU, nursery, you know, that the whole mother baby realm I, I worked in and was trained and I was in PICU and I, I saw kids so sick from these diseases that we're protecting our kids from. You know, I saw pertussis firsthand. I saw babies that would turn as blue as jeans, like denim, like that blue. Like I didn't even know, you, a textbook can mm. never tell you what you're going to see when you start working in the health field. It doesn't prepare you. Mm -hmm. I, saw, I saw kids die from the flu. I saw kids die from RSV. I, I can't say too much because, you know, the whole HIPAA, by the way, just make sure everyone is aware that HIPAA sure. is spelled H-I-P-A-A. Yeah. Do not, Thank you. do not, do yes. not spell it with two P's because it's not a hippo. Yes. I had to get that out there, but, uh, we should just pronounce it hippa. <laughs> oh. hippa. It's a hippa yes. violation. From what I saw in the PICU, I went home crying from taking care of some of these pediatric patients, you know, holding my kids like, like, you know, so grateful that they weren't immunocompromised and they didn't have to worry about, you know, contracting some of these diseases, illnesses, and that they were vaccinated, that, you know, they weren't coming from another country, you know, missing the cutoff to get the vaccines and unfortunately catching it on the way here. I just can't get over what was going on in this nurse's mind. And, but it just goes to show you that there are going to be individuals, part of this anti-vax community that are just so married to the cause. Yeah. Um, as an eternal optimistic I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I also know how to pick my fights and to save my energy for those who really need it. And for someone to witness measles firsthand in the PICU and still come home and think that it's a good idea, or even to jokingly say that they would want to give it to their child, it just mm -hmm. goes to show you that one, they did not pay attention in medical bio microbiology class. And um, two, that they have not seen enough measles cases or sp spoken to parents who have lost children from these diseases. Another thing I do is I work with, um, I volunteer with an organ organization called Shot at Life. 
And um, Shot at Life is a United Nations foundation Mm -hmm. that helps to educate Americans about the need to bring vaccines overseas. And one of the vaccines that we're so desperately trying to provide kids access to is the MMR. They don't have access. So that you have parents there who are walking. I'm not saying waiting five minutes, but they're walking five, 10 miles to make sure that their kids are getting these vaccines. Meanwhile, we have parents here in America who are you know, either skip appointments, um, think they can delay it, uh, or just bring home the disease to their child firsthand. It just blows my mind. You know, I I think it's a good idea to point out here too is that I, I you know, we're not just this this episode. We're talking about this particular nurse, and we're talking kind of about nurses that might be anti-vaccine. Of course, we have that as physicians too. I don't right. want to neglect the fact or feel. I don't want everybody to think that we're just jumping on like. Oh, anti-vaccine nurses, there's there there they are. You know, it's a big problem. It is a problem, but it's also a problem in healthcare in general. Yes. Uh, and of course, we've talked on the show about some of our favorite, <clears throat> least favorite pediatricians <laughs> that uh, have promoted anti-vaccine views as well. The thing that kind of gets me is that, you know, rightfully so, I believe, surveys show that nurses are the most trusted profession. So I think when you have an anti-vaccine pediatrician out there or a doctor, there's enough skepticism about doctors that at least some people are like, oh, yeah, that guy's a charlatan. <laughs> you know, he's out there trying. And, and half the time they are out there, you know, selling their wares of some kind. But here you have somebody who's doing their job, for all we know, you know, doing it presumably very well if they're in the position that they're in. Mm-hmm. And is a trusted voice. And so I think there's a little bit more, I feel like, you know, there, there's a little more danger of that being kind of more insidious where this very trusted voice is, is, is able to share those kind of things in their own uh, social networks and whatnot. So I think it really makes for the, the argument that those of us in those uh, trusted professions, nurses in particular, need to be. They need to be part of your group, Melody, because they they need their voices. No, and and I I thank you for bringing, you know, saying that it's not just health uh, nurses and it's all healthcare workers, but you are so right. I mean, patients, you know, a doctor can come in and recommend every vaccine in the book and say, this is what you're supposed to do. The science is behind it. A nurse can come in, give a look, saying, are you giving all those today? And a patient mom could be like, you know what? You're right. Let me come back and think about it. Um, I, I've, I've seen it. I've heard it. I know it happens. It's very frustrating. Uh, what are the things we can do to solve that? I, I, am, I am a problem solver. So I think we can no longer pretend that the subject of vaccines is taboo. We can't just say, oh, well, it's your own decision. No, if you are in the healthcare profession, you need to be re-educated. If you know there's a colleague of yours who is anti-vaccine, we need to confront them because at this point, we now know and we can see the damages that, that occur. I mean, we just have to look overseas to Italy. Look at what they're dealing with now because yeah. of the the prominent, you know, anti-vaccine misinformation running rampant. It is now they have let it they have let they have opened Pandora's box. And I don't want that happening here. So you know what we really should be doing is we really should be looking to Australia. Australia mm-hmm. is where we really should be uh, looking to to redefine um, what our, our statements are, our positions, we should really be looking to them to see what our new code of ethics should be in regards to any um, nurse or healthcare professional who is promoting any anti-vaccine material. They have it where you can complain to their nursing boards right off the bat, and they will look at it. 
they will treat, if a nurse is handing out a published anti-vaccine material or any advice, they, it, may, it can constitute as a summary offense under their national law, and it can even result in a prosecution by their AHPRA. I'm very jealous of what Australia has put in place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to ask you about that because we've talked recently about, again, going back to like doctors and pediatricians, we saw that Sears was disciplined somewhat by the medical board. It's a start. Yeah, it's kind of a start. And I, I kind of wonder how that, is it about the same? Because I feel like in the in the physician world, there's not a lot you can do. I, I mean, yes, maybe if you get a complaint where a specific person and there's potential harm or whatnot, you can get the medical board to do something. But they're not quick to like do something to physicians because they are espousing anti-vaccine beliefs publicly. Is that kind of the same with the nursing board? Is Do you feel like there's a difference there or is there more recourse in this situation with this nurse if somebody would complain to the board? Would, I mean, obviously with the HIPAA violation, that makes a big difference. Yeah, so the HIPAA violation was taken care of by the institution the nurse worked in. Um, and she could have, she couldn't even have to say anything about being anti-vaccine, but the fact that she gave information on such mm-hmm. a distinct case that there was, you know, there's, there's only so many measles cases in that part of the the, the country that you know, that that's an automatic HIPAA violation. There there are certain cases here on Long Island that have uh, arised. Like let's let's say vac- even vaccine unrelated to vaccines, like you know a trauma. I can't say, oh, I took care of someone who got hit by a train today. Well, usually there's not a lot of people who right. get hit by a train. If I say something like that on Facebook, it's going to be quite obvious. Oh, you, all you have to do is think about the, um, the NYU nurse who took a picture of an empty trauma bay. I don't know if you know about this story, mm-hmm. but yep. they took a picture of an empty trauma bay. There was no patients in the cubicle. There was no patient ID. All what you see is you see the aftermath, you see the bloody blankets, you see the IV poles, you see the massive number of pressers that were used and the mess. And just like, if you've been ever been in an ER witness a code, times that by 10, and this is what the picture was, you know, it was, she was taking a picture of the, the um, amount of effort that went into trying to see this patient's life. Sure. But then she goes and she titles it patient versus train. Even though there was nothing in that picture, like say 10 years later, you would be like, oh, I can't see what's going on here. The fact that it was posted on that day, that it's in the the front page of the newspaper, that's how she, you know, the family found out and they, um, they, they were, they were appalled, rightfully so. So, I mean, in this day and age, you have to be so careful. Like, so for this patient, for this nurse to even go on and say about measles and stuff, I mean, it's no, no question of a doubt. Now in regards to nursing boards, it really varies state to state. I mean, we can even go, I mean, if you want to talk about nursing boards and the differences between states, we can talk about midwives and open up that can of wall- mm-hmm. worms, but I'm not, that's, that's another podcast for another day. So yeah, yeah. let's not go there. <laughs> so, I mean, it, re- it really depends. It just, it's, it's very interesting to see um, the differences between states. And it really, honestly, I think our best target. We want to hold the employers of these nurses accountable to make sure they are aware that if you have this particular healthcare worker in your facility, that here's what they're doing. Here's the information, the the misinformation they're spreading. And is this someone you want speaking for your institution? When you're working in a hospital, you are still representing that hospital, even when you're not there. People know if you work for there, oh, that's the nurse from, you know, wherever. You have an obligation to your employer to, you know, you, you can't be spreading misinformation, whether it's at home, you know, in the workplace, you're, you're still 
attached. And, you know, that's my big question, actually, for both of you (laughs) is, you know, if you if a hospital or a clinic or a network or a group makes sort of a very constrained this is our this is what we do with vaccines this is our message about vaccines this is the standard of care we practice is it possible to fire any doctor or nurse who decides to you know have dalliances outside of that <laughs> evidence-based practice well i think i mean people can hire who they want so you're not an employer especially in this day and age of social media Employers can fire people kind of regardless of what area of employment we're talking about, you know, for things that pop up on social media. It's not, you're, you're not protected for your, you know, what you post. If it, if it embarrasses the company enough, sure, you can get fired. So certainly any practice is going to look at their people and say, okay, do we want this person who publicly espouses these beliefs at, to work here? And they can choose not to. There's, as far as I know, no reason why they couldn't. Right. All right. <laughs> I mean, one would hope that an institution would dismiss someone who's putting out danger, dangerous information, but it really comes down to how embarrassing that Pete, that, that employer ends up being for that institution. And how damaging yeah. the information, yeah, like exactly. how much it can cause harm. There's, there's a whole, you know, it depends how extreme. And this particular case right. was really extreme. I mean, you're dealing with measles can be life-threatening. It usually is. Yeah. I mean, the statistics around the world is that there's a child dying every 20 seconds from a vaccine-preventable disease. I mean, we're not making this mm-hmm. stuff up here. You can't play around with us. And the fact that she was so nonchalant and she was still, well, I saw how bad it is. And I still am telling you not to vaccinate. That's dangerous. Right. You know, this is very harmful information. Yeah. And, you know, there might be situations where somebody, depending on what it is, where you'd want to do basically education and remediation for right. whether it's a uh, a nurse or a physician or whatnot, and try to take that approach before you fire them. But uh, this case was kind of beyond the pale. Right. <laughs> and there was no, well, this got such national attention. This was in it. This was on NPR. It was on NP. It was basically on all the networks. Like there were major stories on this. There's no way that a hospital is going to keep this person. But in a way I am very grateful because this is happening every single day. And this is just a yeah. drop in the bucket of how many misinformed healthcare professionals, how, how many misinformed nurses there are out there. And we, for too long, as a healthcare society, have been ignoring this. We need to be more one-on-one with each other. We need to be more direct. We need to have more educational resources. I just want to pivot the conversation. And this is how we pivot. I just want to bring us back to the beginning because a lot of people like me who don't work in healthcare and sort of have are either watching it from the sidelines or are in it because we're ill, seeing nurses like this who are anti-vaccine and think, how does how does this happen? And just to take you back, I actually I have a number of friends who went through nursing school. Every once in a while, I have the distinct pleasure of talking with nursing students at nursing school. I know how hard nursing school is. It's not a joke. It's not easy. The pe- people who are nurses aren't dummies. They're smart people. They have to do a lot of work. It's it's pretty rigorous, and yet. Some people come out of that rigorous study and go into the world and decide that meh, measles isn't a big deal. I'm going to be against vaccines. So how does this happen? 
I, I, so how does that happen? Sometimes you have nurses who are just like I, who I said before, maybe they're just so married to the cause. They are unreachable. Or sometimes you have nurses who maybe were like me at one point and just very impressionable and came across information and just needed a little more critical thinking skills behind them to realize that just because something's on the internet doesn't make it true. And I know it, we joke about that, but sometimes these, these websites can be so misleading and they can look so professional and you can think, oh my goodness, this is, this looks legit. Um, and we just need to make sure nurses are just better equipped at being able to dis- decipher what's what's accurate, what's not, what's outdated, what's been made up, what maybe has a small grade of truth to it, but maybe doesn't represent the whole picture. We just need to, to um, we need to teach people statistics. We need to, um, uh, we and we need to make sure we are sharing our stories about what happens when you don't vaccinate. We need to educate our nurses and we can't stop once they graduate. That's a big thing too. A lot of times we Mm -hmm. get so focused on making sure they know how to clean the the glucometer correctly. We get so focused on making sure that they documented their vitals, you know, this new method, this new new, uh, flow chart in the EPIC system. We need to make sure that, you know, Make sure that they know what the latest vaccine updates and requirements are and that, you know, we're, we're talking about this. It's not just a flu, you know, flu season is the on, not the only time to talk about vaccines. Let me take you guys to an, another story. This is a video that was posted on Facebook. Um, the woman who posts a video is named Sarah Ann. And she po- she made this public Facebook video in I think it was in July, and I just want to play this for you. If you want to stop it, um, you can just ask me to hit pause. Is this gonna? Are we gonna play our own game of OK Stop? No, we can't. That, that might be copyrighted. We might want to co- call it "Hey, pause that." <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, here we go. Without crying. Okay. <laughs> so the first people I want to address are um, the anti and ex vaxxer parents. Now, I'm really not going to get into the meat and potatoes of the vaccine debate because we could be here for days yes. and maybe even nope. weeks. Okay. No, nope. it's vaccines work. That's it. We're done. Let's go home. <laughs> I, I would have, can I just say that I, I listened, you, you sent me this link, Karen, and I started to watch it. And it reminds me of how often I say to anti-vaxxers online, I'm not watching your video because this is a 20-minute video. Now, I say this as somebody who makes video content for the internet about pediatric issues, but I make one to two-minute videos that I try to make salient points quickly. And if you're going to be longer than that, you better have a reason to be a video. Right. Because I don't want to listen to 20 minutes of you saying that this is the tip of the iceberg and you need to wake up and you really need to wake up. And why aren't you people just what you just, if you haven't figured this out yet, you really <laughs> need to wake up and you need to do your research. Like there's so much of that padding for the five points that she makes in 20 minutes. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. If you can't say it in two minutes, it's not worth saying in a yeah. video. All right. Here we go. Play. Um. But I am going to touch on it uh, because that's it's really important. So the first thing I want to say to the ex-vaxxer, anti-vaxxer parents is that I um, I commend you for being very courageous to take that stance in um, in 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 our healthcare system. It's it's a really difficult stance to take, and you're probably often bullied. 
Um, and I want to let you know that even as a healthcare provider. Yep. Pause that. I was going to say, <laughs> this is why I always say, please stop misusing the term bullied. All right. So if you are told even passionately, even, I hate to say this, but even if using salty language, you are told that you're wrong by a lot of people, you are not being bullied. Okay. Bullied is when somebody uses a position of power to get you to do something. Mm -hmm. The reason that we think it's really bad is because it is psychologically harmful, particularly to, particularly to children when they are bullied. Don't use the word bully to mean being told strongly something that I didn't like because that dilutes <laughs> the term and makes it, makes it, harder to fight real bullying basically these parents when they say they're being bullied it just means their views are being challenged and they had to think for a moment oh my god i have to defend what i looked up online you know two years ago and i've been right. stuck in a box about I mean, or they saw some scary video online and they don't know the whole science behind it so we come in saying mm, that's not really true it doesn't really happen that way they're like what do you mean we're just challenging your views because we went to school we know what really happens and we know how this works I mean, but they read things on the internet, Melody, so. You got me there. What do you know? I don't know. So did this person. She she read things on the internet, too. We'll get to those things. Yes, here we go. And having a formal education and, um, like, a decade in healthcare, I was – I was still really intimidating when I had to have the talk with our pediatrician. So if you don't have a formal education, you're probably that much more vulnerable to what I'm going to call medical bullying. And that's going to be like an entirely separate live that I'm going to do another day on medical bullying, basically. Um, so anyway, you know, same thing. But I mean, there is a such thing as medical bullying. If somebody, if a, if a doctor is threatening to do something bad to you because of their position, that can be bullying, but mm -hmm. I'm not choosing to see patients in my practice that don't immunize is not bullying No, because that is a choice that they make for their practice. They're not coming down on you to coerce you with their power because you don't have to see them as pediatricians. If, if they're telling everyone in the community, never give this child care, that's bullying, right. but that's not the case. Right. So I listened to this podcast called Dr. Death, and it's all about this guy who, like, was a terrible surgeon, and, like, he, like, detached one guy's head from his spine and, like, really, like, hardcore pressured people into having surgery. So maybe that's medical bullying, but, you know, yeah. presenting evidence to give your kid a shot, not so much. Yeah, there is, there is again, I don't want to, like, downplay the fact that these things happen. Um, that that mm -hmm. bullying can happen from a physician. But when a physician is telling you, I want you to immunize a child or your child could die, mm -hmm. that's pretty passionate. That's pretty blunt. That's, you know, not something you want to hear. That's not bullying. That's just the facts. Yeah. All right. Here's some more. Um, so anyway, I commend you for being so courageous. Um but I need to give you some tips basically from the inside, okay? So if you're a parent and you've chosen to space out or not vaccinate your, your child or your children based solely on that maternal instinct or, or gut feeling or whatever you want to call it, I get it because I'm a mom. But unfortunately, in reality, when you're in the doctor's office, that, that doesn't really hold up, right? 
So you've got to arm yourself with knowledge. Knowledge is power. And I want you to know so much by the time that you have the talk with your pediatrician that you're really able to go into your pediatrician's office and school them. Stop. 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 Yeah. Stop. <laughs> no. That's not how it works. I can't. Karen, you're killing me with this video. Oh. So I just think it's so interesting because I cannot count how many times I've seen someone post on Facebook, help, I have to go talk to my doctor and they're going to tell me that my kid needs shots and I don't know what to say back. That means that's (laughs) what you say is, okay, tell me more, doctor. What do I not know enough about that I am about to make a really bad decision? Help me not make a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, I will say too, you know, if exactly that, that that the answer is to go in and go in planning to have a conversation with your doctor about this topic and be willing mm-hmm. to listen to your doctor about this topic. If you've already made up your mind, don't go in and try to school your doctor. That there's no point. Okay. Your doctor knows this. This is not mm-hmm. your doctor's first rodeo when it comes to people who don't immunize. And <laughs> you might as well just plead the fifth. Honestly. I mean, it, you should sit, you should have a dialogue and listen and have that conversation and be willing to accept feedback and be willing to change your mind. But if you're really not, just don't, there's no reason to go in and then try to. Don't waste our time. Don't waste our time. Just go school them because it's, it's right. not going to work. Yeah. Listen, doctors and nurses, we're busy people. I got stuffed. Can I say bad words in here? We got stuff to do. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, this is not how, you know, I need to be spending my day. If you want to educate me on how to make homemade granola, go ahead. I can use that information. Do not go educating me on the ingredients of vaccines because guess what? I know each and every one of them. I know how they work. I know why they're in the vaccines. I know the detrimental values, uh, um, amounts that can harm you. And I know that the amounts in vaccines are not going to harm you because of blah, 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 blah. So let's not waste my time and just listen to what I have to say. And if you don't agree with it, that's fine. But don't think you're going to school us. I have to tell you a story. Um, So last summer, the Vaxxed bus came to Minnesota. I think we mentioned this on the podcast. Craig was in Mm -hmm. town and um, Patsy Stinchfield and I were at the the Wabin picnic area where the Vaxxed bus was. And um, one of the moms came up to us and she wanted to school us on vaccines. So Patsy was working in the children's hospital where children were being treated for measles. And Patsy said, you know, if you could see some of these children I'm treating for measles right now, she said, well, it's wonderful that they have measles because they're going to have natural immunity for the rest of their lives. They're sick for a couple of weeks and they get better. And the look on Patsy's face was just like, there have been people have been wrong in the world and you've never <laughs> been wronger, but Patsy's too kind and didn't say that. And I was, I, I think of that moment whenever people talk about going in and schooling your doctor, just like most doctors who are pediatricians have, have seen children die from vaccine preventable diseases. Mm-hmm. You don't have some special information for them. Yeah. We've virtually all seen flu deaths for sure. And then, you know, a lot of us have seen, I've seen whooping cough, not, I haven't seen uh, a, a whooping cough death, 
um, but I saw some serious illness from whooping cough. I know certainly a lot of physicians that are partners of mine that have been practicing longer than I have have seen um, deaths from other diseases as well. Um, and particularly, you know, the more recent, like you, you see the, the hip meningitis and hip epiglottitis and pneumococcal disease deaths that, that happened uh, mostly prior to the vaccine as well. Yeah. So, all right, let's, let's finish out what she has to say. Because they don't, they don't know what we know about vaccines, right? They didn't learn it in school. And I'll speak for my right, stop, stop, stop. Okay. So I'm sorry. All right. So do you want to know how much stuff I learned about vaccines in school? Cause I can go on. Um, it's not a particular course you take. You don't take, okay, this is one-on-one nursing vaccine course. You're learning about, vac about vaccines in every single stage of your nursing career. You're learning about it in medical micro when you're seeing the diseases grow in the Petri dish. Um, you're learning about it when you're in geriatrics and you're taught, oh, what rec what shingles and um, pneumococcal and what else do uh, flu shots every, um, you know, for geriatric patients. When you're doing your OB rotation, you're going to learn that the pregnant mothers will need to have their Tdap vaccine in their third trimester, each and every pregnancy, no matter how many times they've been pregnant, whether it's their second, fourth, or 10th. You're going to learn that in pediatrics, the whole schedule of vaccines, um, you know, for young adults, you're going to learn to make sure that before they go off to college, that they've had not just one, but two types of meningitis vaccines. You're learning about vaccines every single stage of the way. And you're not just learning what vaccines to give to them. You're learning the side effects. You're learning what to look out for. You're learning about anaphylactic reactions. You're making sure you have that Ambu bag next door and um, making sure you have access to that because, you know, people are allergic to everything and anything. And who is to say they can't be allergic to a vaccine? It could happen. But you're, you're learning yeah. how to, you know, you're trained for all these things and, and, and more. So for them to say we're not learning about vaccines in school is incorrect. And she has very bad information. Nathan, your turn. Yeah. You know, whenever somebody says uh, that doctors or nurses didn't spend much time learning about vaccines in school, what they mean is they didn't have enough dedicated time in the classroom where somebody was teaching them about the particular myths that I believe in that are not true. Okay. Yes. Your pediatrician may not necessarily be able to immediately counter concern that Bill Gates is using vaccines to depopulate the world. We did not learn about that in medical school <laughs> or nursing school because that is not a real thing. So, and there, and, and even getting into like, how vaccines cause autism. Yes, you're right. We didn't learn about that because that is not a real thing either. They don't cause autism. We learned somewhat about how they, you know, the, you know, the, the myths and certainly have had education on um, vaccine myths in medical school. But the overwhelming majority of the education that we get is what Melody describes, which is actual science-based information on vaccines, how they work, how the immune system works, how the pathogens work, uh, how all of these processes, the biochemistry, all this stuff, not, you know, the particular things that the anti-vaccine crowd is hung up on. All right, let's keep going. I did not learn about vaccines in school, and I'll get more into that later. Um, in nursing school, we learned the vaccine schedule and how to give vaccines, what vaccines to give, you know, what is the schedule, when to give them, when not to give them, when certain vaccines are contraindicated. We learned about antibodies and active and passive immunity, but we did not learn about vaccine components. We did not learn about adjuvants. We did not learn the risks associated with vaccines. Not at all whatsoever. Okay. So, um, okay. you need to arm yourself with knowledge that when you get into that doctor's office, you're able to school them.
All right. That was the end. You're done. You made it. I'm I feel consider myself schooled. <laughs> can I can I just say one thing about her claiming that nurses are in chain of vaccines? Yes. Once again, I'm getting back to the fact that your education does not end in nursing school. And there is so much information out there that we just have to make sure the nurses are aware it's available. The CDC has this amazing webinar program called the Pink Book. Um I'm I'm Nathan, I'm sure you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe tune in every so often, the CDC will host a weekly call addressing each individual vaccine. And they do go into what the adjuncts are and what the ingredients are and what the risks are of each vaccine. Because you know what? With with technology, we are always updating it. We're changing it. We're improving. We're getting better. So the information you may have learned in nursing school 10, 15, 20 years ago, it's going to probably be outdated pretty soon. So you need to be tuning in to these monthly, yearly programs to update yourself. That way you can address some of these myths. A lot, there are a lot more nursing organizations who are trying to get out the, you know, the, give the uh, tools necessary to nurses who are going to be facing some of these schooling parents. Children's Hospitals of Philadelphia puts out great seminars. I really recommend, um, not just for healthcare workers, but if you're listening to this and you're a parent and you're like, okay, I'm ready to get out there. I want to fight on the front lines. What do I need to know? here's what you need to know. Mm-hmm. You don't have to listen to it live. You, all of the webinars are archived, so you are able to listen to it in your own time. That way you're educated, not a, you know, as a parent, so you know what your kids are getting. You know, there are so many, uh, I can go on. So if people are interested in knowing what the latest webinars are about vaccines, sign up for, check out Nurses to Vaccinate. Like I said before, vaccine education does not stop in nursing school. And it's really, it really is up to the nurse themselves. Obviously this nurse has not gone to any of these vaccine seminars or webinars that have been made available <laughs> because she would be very, very embarrassed, especially sitting in on one, the first five, 10 minutes of the session to realize how wrong and how, uh, how t- uh, you know, how scammed she's been by some of the websites she's been schooling herself on. Okay. Well, here's my final question. Both of you know a lot of nurses, I'm assuming, uh, because of the work you do as a pediatrician and a nurse. And so what percentage would you say of nurses are that anti-vaccine, that sort of rabidly, you know, infect their kids, make YouTube videos anti-vaccine? All right. So do you want my honest answer or what I hope? Both. Give me both. All right. I hope it's like maybe, I don't know, for every hospital you work in, maybe there's like five or 10 nurses, right? Hmm. But there probably are more because we're not doing enough to educate them yearly around the clock. We're not getting the word out there that vaccines are really are, are, are responsible for saving lives. We, we may be good that we aren't aware of how many anti-vaccine nurses there are because maybe they're just very quiet about it. But I, you know, I know that there are more than who really let on. So we really need to right. really revamp our efforts in getting the word out there. Nathan, Nathan, are you more optimistic than me? Well, it's hard for me to say because I, I expect and hope that that number is even lower among pediatric nurses who are basically the overwhelming majority of nurses that I know. Um, you probably, you know, I hope that the IC nurse in question is an extreme rarity because I certainly don't know of, of full-on anti-vaccine pediatric nurses. But again, not something that any of them would probably want to 
like make their um, their their peers and employers aware of if that were the case so it's hard to say i hope i hope if you're going into pediatric care then you want then you understand and want to provide the standard of care it's hard to say and you know what i do find i do find that majority of nurses are pro vaccine sure but that might be anti a particular vaccine like maybe they're the, they're the i don't believe in the flu shot kind of nurse or yeah i heard scary things about hpv so i don't think i'm going to get it for my kids so we yeah. talk about that specifically in that context i i think that's a really common yeah um to talk about with the HPV vaccine because both in terms of providers and also nurses and staff, because we, we, we try to make a big effort to make sure that providers are recommending the vaccine, but then we also make the effort to make sure that um, staff, that nurses are being educated well on how to present the vaccine and why it's important. And we have that at my clinic too. You know, I've given talks specifically to the nurses and staff at my clinic so that everybody's on the same page about HPV vaccine. And I think that's vitally important. It's super important. And so, Melody, if people want to find nurses who vaccinate, what's the website? Uh, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, our website is nurseswhovaccinate.org. If you want to become a member, you can sign up through our website, and then we'll let you access, uh, give you access to our discussion group where we provide resources, educational opportunities. Our Twitter handle is at nurseswhovax, so N U R. S-E-S-W-H-O-V-A-X, same for our Pinterest and same for our Instagram. Highly uh, recommend nursing students join our group as well. We have such interesting perspectives to offer for anyone who's looking for that pro-vaccine voice and group community. And I also want to mention, because we started the show talking about people who wear masks instead of getting their flu shots, that do you know what the opposite is? of that is uh no karen what's the opposite (laughs) of that it is a t-shirt that says i pity the flu (laughs) (laughs) so you can find that at cafepress.com slash voices for vaccines i pity the flu it's got a little syringe poking into the flu oh that's awesome yes you'll need one won't Mm -hmm. you thank you so much for joining us melody it's always fun talking to you but it's especially fun to record it and to share it with the rest of the world thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure i look forward to discussing um, happy nursing stories next time definitely i also want to thank everybody who tuned in to listen to us today we really value each and every one of you My name is Karen Ernst, and I am the Executive Director of Voices for Vaccines. You can find Voices for Vaccines at voicesforvaccines.org. And I'm Nathan Boonstra. Look for me on Facebook or look for me on my blog at pedsgeekmd.com.